The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. And it's a dark morning. Legendary Sabres play-by-play broadcaster Rick Jennerette has passed away at the age of 81. Jennerette called Sabres games for over 50 years, from 1971 until his retirement in 2022. You just... You just close your eyes and you can think of so many different moments and hearing that voice and you get you know you get goosebumps just thinking back on it and for me as a kid I mean my parents used to send me to bed and I would uh, be in bed and they'd let me listen to the games on the radio Um, and then I remember my mom and dad coming in to ask me why I wasn't asleep and I'd just be like RJ you know uh, what do you expect he's uh, the games are on so it's just I grew up with that voice like so many of us in the hockey world or certainly in western New York. That's Sabres general manager Kevin Adams. Jennerette had these words to say to Buffalo when he was honored at the arena just over a year ago. And so how do I acknowledge the hundreds of thousands of people who have gone through the doors at the Odd and here at Key Bank Center? How do I acknowledge now it must be millions listening and watching over the last 51 years? Well, I'll tell you how much I appreciate your beautiful noise. I would say this to you. I have only three words, just three. I love you. In a statement, Sabres owner Terry Pagula said, quote, how glad I am to have known him, how lucky we all were to have been around him and to have listened to him. Getting it in front, Lindros, getting it in front, a backhand in front, Hatchik oh. with a miraculous save on Quatt. Do you believe? Oh, brother, we are not worthy. Remembering Rick Jennerette this morning, RJ passed away yesterday at the age of 81. And, I, you know, we kind of did this a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago, as he was remembered at the arena, right. the banner raising ceremony as he stepped away from the microphone after over 50 years. And, you know, all of, I think, those same emotions coming back for a lot of people. They really are. But how great that we did that for him and that he was mm-hmm. part of it and was there to see it. I, yeah, I, yeah, to have that moment for uh, that—that right. that is uh, really special. And uh, how lucky we all were, right? To absolutely be able to have Rick Jenner over fifty years, longest tenured broadcaster uh, in the NHL, and uh, we'll be taking talking about RJ, your memories of RJ throughout the morning. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. You can send us a text throughout the morning on WBEN. In other news, new state rules on the purchasing of ammunition has many gun store owners wondering what they are and are not supposed to do for customers. WBEN's Tom Puckett explains where the confusion lies. To be honest, we don't know. Dean Adamski of DD's Ranch says he has not heard anything official from New York about changes to the background check policy for gun buyers and, for the first time, ammunition buyers starting September 13th. We don't know what this background check is going to entail. We don't know for a fact that it's going to go into effect September 13th. I think the law is written for it to go into effect, but we have not got notification from the state at any level that, you know, this is going to happen, what we have to do. Adamski says he has a number of questions. Is it going to be reliable? Is it going to hurt sales? Is it going to, um, is there going to be a lot of denies or delays? We, we have no idea what this system entails, so we, we don't know. I mean, everyone 
is concerned that it's going to hurt their sales, um, that people are going to not understand what it is. Adamski says he has heard the federal government will shut New York dealers off of the federal background check system. You can hear more from Adamski online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. As search and recovery efforts continue in Lahaina, the historic Hawaiian town decimated by a wildfire that killed over 100 people, Maui's emergency services chief stepping down effective immediately after the revelation that warning sirens signaling the start of the deadly fires were not activated. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I, I do not. Herman Endaya explaining in a news conference Wednesday, sirens are primarily used for tsunami warnings with residents trained to quickly seek higher ground. And if that was the case, then they would have gone into the fire. 24 hours after those remarks, Maui's mayor announced Andaya's resignation due to health reasons and saying in a statement, given the gravity of the crisis we are facing, my team and I will be placing someone in this key position as quickly as possible. That's Derek Dennis with the report there. Alex Stone on Maui says local residents are fed up at the slow response. Cans of uh, beans. Inside his condo, Sands Dyer is showing me how he's survived for the last week and a half. The owner of Gemini Sailing Adventures, he's been using his catamaran to deliver food and gas to trapped Maui residents. On his own dime, buying boatloads of food and gas, he says a government response here has failed and that locals are the ones helping each other. The government needs to step up and do more. And that's a desperate need right now for everyone. FEMA, sure, they're here. They need to do more. Through his GoFundMe account, Dyer has raised over $1.7 million, which he says will go to local relief. Alex Stone, ABC News, Maui. We'll hear more from Alex Stone joining us live from Maui this morning at 7 o'clock. Former President Trump has exactly one week to surrender to the Fulton County Jail, along with his 18 alleged co-conspirators. Charged in Georgia's 2020 election conspiracy case. Press conference Trump previously scheduled for Monday to address this indictment is now canceled. The ex-president saying on social media that his lawyers would prefer putting this in formal legal filings. His team also likely to try to move the Georgia case to federal court. That's M. Wynn reporting from Washington. Lawyers for former President Trump, meanwhile, are asking to have his federal election interference trial delayed. This may be a legal first. Lawyers, including a chart detailing how much paperwork they must read to get ready for Donald Trump's federal election trial. It is a bar graph showing a pile of paper soaring eight times higher than the Washington Monument. Mr. Trump's lawyers claiming it will take them two and a half years to read all of it and prepare his defense. Special counsel insisting four months is plenty of time. A judge is set to hear both arguments. That's Andy Field reporting. All right, so what were the biggest mistakes in TV history? Well, just fair warning here, is another day, another list, right, published by somebody. Yesterday's, I don't know, struck me the wrong way. Well, we'll see about today's. Uh, Rolling Stone out with a new list running down the biggest mistakes in TV history. Coming in at number 50, you have the recent Jeopardy fiasco where producer Mike Richards named himself host, which lasted all of one day. Other blunders on Rolling Stone's list of TV's biggest mistakes include the 1990 ABC musical drama Cop Rock. Star Trek and Gilligan's Island both being canceled after just three seasons. And the biggest mistakes? At number three, they list Fox passing on The Sopranos. Number two is NBC turning Donald Trump into a television titan. And number one is NBC canceling the much-loved show Freaks and Geeks before finishing season one. We just egged my little brother. Jason Adamson, ABC News, Hollywood. Number one, Freaks and Geeks. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, these they try and be a oh little my God. controversial. I mean, some of them make uh, perfect sense. Uh, number eight, for example, how about this? HBO, TNT, Showtime, and FX all turning down Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd put that as number one. Uh, that would be, um, right, number one. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I didn't even know this happened. I mean, there's a lot of things in this list. If you don't take it as a ranking, just take it as interesting things that happen. Fox gives Chevy Chase a talk show. I don't know. I, I never knew that. that. Um, well, I mean, obviously, there's a reason we yeah. never knew <laughs> that. It must not have been all that uh, great. But, um, oh, number four. Number four might be my number one. Norm MacDonald fired from SNL. Oh, that was that. That's a terrible <laughs> mistake. Yeah. That would be a, a terrible mistake. But there's a lot of them. Again, the ranking, you know, you can argue with. I think right. that's what it's meant I for. I think exactly. The moments in there, though, it, it's a pretty interesting read. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. A little sunshine for the first part of the day. Clouds will increase with scattered showers this afternoon. Breezy and cool with temperatures only in the low to mid 60s. Tonight will clear out. Overnight lows in the mid 50s. Good deal of sunshine on Saturday. Highs back in the 70s. Back in the 80s on Sunday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us now, Paul Hamilton, Sabres Beat reporter on WGR. It's a tough morning, Paul. It is, and quite honestly, I'm a broadcaster because of him. You know, growing up, listening to him, and uh, it's it's something that I decided I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, just like Kevin Adams, you know, you sit there and, and, and you listen to the games. He started the second year of the Sabres, 1971, and went right through till last year when he retired, when the what you just played uh, in 2022. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for him. I mean, that's what I wanted to do, you know, through listening to him is become a play-by-play person, which I have done. I have done some Sabre games and become a broadcaster, and it was all because of him. Uh, one of the things I loved, Paul, about RJ is, uh, you know, I remember first seeing him on TV when I was a little kid, and he looked like, you know, at first glance, he looked like a drill sergeant to me, right? <laughs> he had this, like, flat-top haircut, uh, you know, suspenders, it, just like the way I'd imagine, like, some big tough guy. And then you heard him talk, you saw him, and, I mean, he seemed like just the nicest person. And then if you ever met him, he was just the nicest person. Yeah, he was. And just the way he went about his business and the way I looked at it when I got the job from Barry Butel and I sat down and, and I learned if you keep your ears open and your mouth shut, you might learn something. And that's exactly what I did, you know, in the booth. Uh, you know, I just took in the information and, and just watched what he did and how he prepared and kept my mouth shut. And just learned learned from him, and you know he was the type of guy that um, he was so on top of the hockey world. I mean, if you're going out to dinner, there better be a hockey game on because we're watching hockey. And you know he's he was constantly in touch with the the league and the NHL and what was going on. And he didn't have a lot of notes in front of him. You know, it wasn't like he, he it was in his head. You know. He didn't need a lot of notes in front of him to be able to, to do what he did. He, he, he didn't believe, you know, it's like I don't need a bunch of stats because that's not what people are interested in. 
You know, and it, it was his iconic calls. And again, they're not practiced or anything like that. They naturally just came out as the moment happened. He's one of a kind. You know, and I keep thinking back to RJ night at the arena. And now that night is that much more meaningful, isn't it? It is. And um, you're never prepared for something like this. You know, you're thinking that it happens and your stomach just drops and and, you know, the, I, I immediately thought back, wow, that was just a little over a year ago. That, And I'm so glad the Sabres had that night for him, that he could take in how much people cared about him and loved him. And, and the fans, you know, were in the building for him and to, to honor him. And he was able to take all that in and, you could tell, you know, even he was a little choked up as, you know, what you were playing just a few minutes ago, you know, from, from what he, and as he said, he had to cut, you know, when we talked to him that night, he said he had to kind of cut short what he wanted to say because he was losing it and uh, he could feel it coming. So he, you know, he cut short a little bit of his comments, uh, you know, just you know, because he, he was starting to be overcome with emotion thought uh, that night Rob Ray put it best when he said that his name belongs up there just as much as anyone who ever wore the jersey for the Sabres because uh, you know as many memorable players have come and gone he was always there he's the constant you know over 50 years behind the microphone I, the Sabres will always be tied to Rick Jenner yeah and I think sometimes Jersey retirements and that kind of thing are overdone a little bit. I, I think it should be the ultimate. He deserved the ultimate honor of having his name in the rafters. Uh, and the complete and double all, ultimate is having a statue. And I've I've always felt that, you know, that the Los Angeles Kings have honored their broadcaster, Bob Miller, you know, with the statue and Chick Hearn in the NBA. And, you know, the, the Sabres only have the French connection out there. And, and I, there's two others. I think Rick Jenneret and Dominic Hoshik should be out there also. Uh, and, and he still could be. I mean, that is something that maybe down the road, uh, you know, they, they will. But sometimes teams get carried away with that kind of stuff. And uh, that's the ultimate. But I think he deserves the ultimate. You know, Paul, when we mentioned 50 years, too, I mean, he's – the the one constant that he spans generations. It's something that, you know, grandparents and grandchildren and, you know, the, the parents in between can all kind of share the memories of Rick Jenneret. You know, uh, you can hear somebody talk about, I remember watching the French Connection in the odd, and you won't have that connection. But you all remember listening to Rick call the games. Yeah, and there's only the very first year he wasn't there. He started in year two. And then he retired just a little over a year ago, you know? So he wasn't uh, doing any games last year. So that's only two years in the history of the Buffalo Sabres. The history that he wasn't. He's the longest tenured broadcaster for one team in NHL history. And, uh, you know, he was just, when I grew up, he was just radio. Um, I believe it was the mid '90s uh, that when when he uh, you know switched to TV, something he didn't want to do at at first, 
you know, because, you know, he, you know, he really enjoyed doing the radio, but, you know, he, he was able to do it his way. And then they decided, well, let's put him on radio and TV. Let's simulcast because now the fans can hear him whether they're listening to the radio or watching it on TV. And that was all because of him. He did it so well. I mean, he's he was such a constant. It's hard to think that he's not going to be around anymore. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just a gut punch, uh, you know, that... that uh, you know, you know he was getting up there in age, and as I said, sometimes you you should you think you're prepared for that kind of stuff, but you're not. You know it happens, and you're you're totally not prepared for it. And uh, you know, I certainly wasn't. And you know, even this morning waking up, I, you know, I'm still feeling it this morning. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning. Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.